Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the All-American Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carr, bringing you guys another episode here. Today, we've got Fantasy Football Awards. I'll be giving 10 out to each player coming up next on the podcast. So as I mentioned, the NFL regular season is coming to a close. we got one more week, uh, week left on the schedule here this week, and then... It's playoff time, and uh, the playoffs for fantasy football also wrapping up uh, likely this week. I know that's my league format, many others out there. And if you follow my advice all year round, hopefully you at least came close to or won your league. Uh, if you did, congratulations. If not, there is always next year. Um, but anyways, today I'm very excited to bring you guys a uh, another fantasy based episode. I'm not doing game picks this week just because it's the final week of the season, week 18 now, uh, which is a little weird to say. But um, it, you know, you don't really know who's going to play, what's going on. I, I just thought it'd be better to you know really wrap up the fantasy football season, uh, give out the awards today uh, for this episode. So that's what I decided to do. I have 10 awards in front of me um, that I'll be giving out to each player. Uh, I have Rookie of the Year, Most Improved Player, Comeback Player of the Year, Sleeper of the Year, Bust of the Year, Playoff MVP, Championship MVP, and then the regular MVP, and then one player I was wrong on, one player I was right on in the beginning of the season, um, along with a few others. Uh, those are the main ones, and uh, I'll get right into it. It was a big week for this man right here. It was a big week for his whole team. A lot of guys produced, but it is Jamar Chase of the Cincinnati Bengals, taking home the Rookie of the Year award. And he is on here again for another one, uh, which you can likely guess based on his performance. I believe it was 55.6 points, something crazy like that, though. Great week for Jamar, great week for Joe Burrow, uh, and really the Bengals as a whole. They got a very, very uh, huge win over the Kansas City Chiefs. Very important for the playoffs. Uh, It really, you know, showed a lot, but especially under Jamar Chase, I mean, this team, to start off the game, yeah, they were all right. It looked like they'd probably hang around for a little bit, put up some points. But, you know, the Chiefs offense looked a little overpowering. Bengals kind of looked out of it at that point. But Jamar Chase had a great, great play. It looked very simple. You know, Joe Burrow just hit him on a little curl, and then he just went, boom, to the house, flashing off his speed. Um, that LSU, and I, I said it before the season, I really liked that pick. I liked taking Chase over Panay Sewell. Um, I think that LSU connection really helped the Bengals. You know, and we've seen it in years past. Same thing with C.D. Lamb. You know, a lot of people didn't like that pick, but I, the Cowboys are so much better with him. While it might not be a need for, you know, a wide receiver, it really, really helps. It elevates the offense, especially Joe Burrow, who was the number one pick on their team last year. Jamar Chase, his connection, getting him a franchise-wide receiver to go along with a franchise quarterback, uh, that helps this Bengals team, you know, not to mention also looking very good for not only the playoffs, but for the future. All those guys, very, very young. But Jamar Chase is the rookie of the year, without a doubt. I mean, some other guys in consideration were maybe Javante Williams, uh, maybe like a Jalen Waddle. But Chase was consistent, really, really um, just got better as the year went along. And especially with his performance in the playoffs, I, I cannot give not give him this award. So Jamar Chase undoubtedly the rookie of the year in fantasy. Uh, next, we have Cordero Patterson for most improved player. Uh, it was between a few guys and really, you know, this award uh, is kind of a toss up, but I, I like Patterson. He really jumped up 
I'll uh, show you the numbers here in a second. But um, yeah, so it was 4.2 PPR points per game in 2020. And of course, we all knew him before that as, you know, kind of the jack of all trades guy, uh, really mainly as a kick returner, punt returner, and not seeing a whole whole lot on offense on the field. Well, this season, the Falcons and Arthur Smith, who I really, really like, by the way, um, found a new way to use him, really Swiss Army knife in that offense, and you know, especially Calvin Ridley going out. Patterson stepped in, took over the wide receiver role, mainly running back, though. He was introduced to a new position. I liked it. Uh, he improved by 11.2 points per game in just that year to averaging 15.4 in 2021. And I actually thought they probably should have used him a bit more down the stretch, which would increase his numbers because uh, he certainly showed the ability. But Cordero Patterson, I mean, it's ma- it's not just the numbers, though, because it's really the story. You know, coming into this season, no one really had any expectations from him. He was not being drafted. He was being left alone. He was really the the waiver wire pickup of the year, which I'd also give if I, if, you know, that was an award I was considering giving it to. And I probably would have gave it to Patterson. Um, but, you know, and then he comes in. We knew Mike Davis might, you know, be the lead back in this offense. It wasn't really going to be that great. Well, Cordell Patterson elevated it so much and just really improved, not only fantasy wise, but as a player, showed his abilities this year in a brand new offense, brand new scheme. Uh, I think the Falcons should retain him this offseason. He should have another decent year, uh, even at his age of, I believe, 32 now, uh, which is you know kind of funny, but he, he had a fantastic season, most improved, goes to Cordell or Patterson. I was considering a few other guys for this, you know, Debo Samuel, definitely in the mix, um, along, you know, looking at Matthew Stafford, maybe for quarterback, Cooper Cup, um, you know, but... I think Cordero Patterson probably made the most notable jump um, to really be a, a viable, you know, running back flex play all season long. Uh, next, we have the comeback player of the year. And this wasn't, you know, someone who last year disappointed and then had a good year this year. No, this was a comeback player during the season. I thought that would be a lot better because comeback, you know, if, if it was like that, it would probably be similar to most improved um, I, you know, I was thinking about it. Maybe let me know for next year if I should change that award. But I had to give it to James Conner. Uh, I really thought uh, I, if he had the best fantasy comeback, uh, you know, in, during the season. We saw it, and it was mainly due to Chase Edmonds' injury uh, earlier in the season. But we really saw him, you know, kind of start off the year a bit, a little bit slow, really touchdown dependent. But as the season went along and Chase Edmonds went down, Cardinals offense really, really relied on him heavily, um, and I actually liked it. You know, he showed his talents as a pass catcher. Um, you know, I just I love James Conner um, as a player and as a person. His story is fantastic. You know, beating cancer, um, but you know, this year I really, really liked seeing him in a new Cardinals scheme. They used him in so many different ways. Uh, we look at weeks one through eight. It was 11.5 PPR points per game. And then in weeks 9 through 7, it went up to 23. Weeks 9 through 17, it went up to 23.1 points per game in PPR, which is, you know, just crazy. That was the most notable jump, I thought, um, of this season. You know, a few other guys, maybe Elijah Brown in there, uh, or Elijah Moore, Amon Ross St. Brown um, in the conversation. But James Conner really saw him bloom as a player 
You know, he went from a touchdown dependent, kind of non viable play for running back. He was always risky uh, to really an RB1 um, in the second half of this season. That was the biggest fantasy comeback during the season. Um, so I had to give that award to James Connor. Well deserved. Uh, next, we got the Sleeper Award. Uh, and this was, you know, kind of the, the guy who really got the best value. It wasn't necessarily, you know, the deepest sleeper, but Debo Samuel finished extremely strong in the year. He finished the wide receiver three, you know, in, in the conversation with guys like, you know, Jefferson and Adams and Cooper Cup, you know, not just skill wise, but really fantasy wise, um, or I mean, not just fantasy wise, really skill wise, because we saw him like Cordero Patterson move kind of into a hybrid role where he was in that 49ers backfield and, you know, really getting a bulk of that work. We saw George Kittle go down. He took advantage. He stepped in. Brandon Ayuk had a major down year, and we might talk about him in my next award. Um, but Debo Samuel, was his performance was off the charts. He really, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo is a solid quarterback, but he's not going to, you know, make fantastic throws, you know, the fancy plays, flashy plays. He's going to, you know, give it to his guys, let them do the work. A real field general guy. And Debo Samuel ate that opportunity up. He was awesome. Um, I liked how they used him because same thing with Cordero Patterson. It gave him a very, very high floor uh, just based on, you know, rushing volume along with the receiving upside. And he produced on a weekly basis to become a true wide receiver one um, all season long. And, you know, he was being drafted, you know, below Brandon Ayuk. He dealt with injuries last year, was very disappointing when he was on the field. Uh, If, you know, comeback was the comeback player of the year award was compared from last year to this year, he would definitely uh, at least be in the conversation for it. But I really enjoyed seeing Debo Samuel uh, Blossom this year into a great player once again. We saw it, you know, a few years ago, but he really came back this year. Sleep of the Year award goes to Debo Samuel. Uh, the next award I have is the bust of the year. And I mentioned Brandon Ayuk's name. He was probably in the conversation for this award, but I had to give it to Saquon Barkley. And I really didn't want to give it to a guy who had injuries. Um, and I couldn't, I couldn't give it to a guy who was out for like the whole season. I would give it to McCaffrey, but he, he really didn't play. You know, that was mainly injury-based. I think with Saquon, it wasn't, you know, I know he missed the bulk of the season due to injury, but he when he played too, he just was not very good. And for a guy who was being drafted, you know, in the top 10, you know, as maybe even a top five running back, every fantasy manager was expecting Saquon to be at least in a high-end RB2, if not RB1. Um, you know, we've seen his talent in the past. And I can't really totally put the blame all on Saquon because the rest of this offense was atrocious as well. But he wins the bust of the year award. He really he had no offensive line. We saw towards the end of the season too his quarterback play from Mike Lennon and Jake Fromm didn't help. Um, and their wide receivers this year were just you know downright disappointing. And that that's the one word I would describe with Barkley too. You know he really didn't produce when he was out there. He had a few nice plays, but he couldn't really ever just, you know, burst. He never had that game where it was, you know, turn it around. He was not, you know, the the guy, you know, people were saying, well, buy low, he's going to he's gonna hit, you know, it's Saquon, he's going to turn into the player he used to be. Never really happened. People were expecting it all year long, and he could not be trusted on a weekly basis, which is 
Hard to say, you know, it's it's a hard thing to do and put Saquon Barkley on your bench for fantasy football, but unfortunately some managers had to do that and his playoff performance did not help. So uh, Saquon Barkley, um, mainly based off the fact that he was drafted so high, is the bust of the year award in my opinion. Uh, next we got the playoff MVP, which I had to give it to my man Amon Ross St. Brown, who was just awesome in the playoffs. Um I'm going to pull up his numbers in a second, but, you know, coming into this situation as a rookie in Detroit, um, you know, he he didn't get off to the best start uh, at the beginning of the season. But, you know, as as the season, you know, wore along, we really started to see a clear wide receiver one, and that was Amon Ross St. Brown. He even did it, you know, with Tim Boyle as his quarterback for the, you know, the last few weeks. Um, But, you know, mainly... Uh, you know, he was the most, I'd say, consistent uh, in the playoffs and really a guy who you could probably throw in your flex um, if you had the confidence and just get, you know, nice, consistent value from him, especially in the final week where I think he put up about 35 points. Uh, like Samuel and Patterson, uh, St. Brown saw some work in the backfield from the Lions, um, got some touchdowns, a lot of receptions. And he was just consistent. I'm really excited for next year for him. I think expectations are going to be high once again. But the playoff MVP goes to Amon Ross St. Brown. And I wanted to give it to, you know, kind of an under-the-radar guy because, you know, you're going to play your studs. Uh, you're going to play, you know, the Jonathan Taylors and, you know, the the A.J. Browns. You know, no question about it. Uh, A.J. Brown actually wasn't the best example. Um, but you know what I'm saying? You're going to play Devontae Adams. You're going to play the obvious guys no matter what. Um, but Amon Ross St. Brown's a guy who, you know, a lot of people would maybe be like, okay, maybe I'll consider him for the flex spot, but I don't know if I can really trust him as a, you know, a wide receiver two, wide receiver one, uh, you know, he might just boom or bust, but St. Brown delivered, uh, consistent production all the way through, especially in that championship week. I liked seeing him, got a lot of volume, a lot of usage for the Lions. And their offense actually wasn't that, I mean, I can't say the same for the defense, but their offense was not that bad the final few weeks. So the playoff MVP, Amon Ross St. Brown, who really uh, turned into a different player the second half of the season, uh, well-deserved to the rookie from Iowa State. Uh, Next, we have the championship MVP, and this was really, you know, the league winner uh, for a lot of guys. It was, once again, Jamar Chase who had that fantastic record-setting performance versus the Chiefs in Week 17. 55.6 PPR points, if I'm... I believe I'm correct on that. Um, I'll have to check after the podcast wraps up. But uh, Jamar Chase, I mean, just... We had more more yards receiving. I thought this was a cool stat. More yards receiving than Patrick Mahomes did passing in that game. He had well over 250 yards, three touchdowns to add on to that. Got a lot of uh, targets from Joe Burrow. And, you know, Burrow during that game, I, I know he said it after, but he was really, you know, he was under pressure. We know the Chiefs defense, Steve Spagnuolo, they love to do that. They love to send pressure. They don't have the best corners. So he really just, you know, threw it up to Chase on some plays and just let him make a play on the ball. Uh, and Chase delivered. He was awesome. Uh, throughout the playoffs, really, but mainly championship week, he won people leagues, uh, you know, set a record. You don't see a performance like that of, you know, upwards of 40, 50, I mean, even really 30 points in the playoffs, let alone championship week, 
And Jamar Chase, who is probably sitting as your wide receiver two of your flex, comes in with 55.6 points. If you didn't win your league and you and Jamar Chase are your starting lineup, I don't know what happened, but he, uh, he was the championship MVP, no doubt. We already talked about why he deserved rookie of the year. Just a great season for Jamar, who a lot of people doubted before this season. He had a, a very not great showing in the preseason. Um, you know, people thought it was risky. He had a lot of drop problems. You know, they stayed away from him. And keep in mind, Joe Burrow recovering from his ACL last season, and they really didn't improve the offensive line too much. Those who had faith in Jamar Chase, uh, it really paid off. And uh, he won people leagues, and uh, especially this week with his performance. So well-deserved there for championship MVP. Uh, next is the MVP, the most important award. And I had to give it, it was really between two guys. But slight edge to Cooper Cup here who wins the award. Uh, consistent all year long. And I have to say, I, Cooper Cup, I mean, I wasn't really, I thought he was probably being drafted around the right spot. Uh, I thought, you know, he'd be a nice safety blanket for Matthew Stafford, you know, be be solid. But Robert Woods would probably remain, you know, the wide receiver one as in years past. But really, I would not 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 uh, expect this at all. I mean, he was the safety blanket all year round for uh, Matt Stafford. And, you know, even before Robert Woods got hurt and they added Odell Beckham, we saw Van Jefferson step into a bigger role. Cooper Cup had a great beginning of the season. He finished strong, too, with a great performance in the postseason. Uh, I think it was like 35, and then he had like 21 or 23 uh, in the final two games for PPR. Uh, but overall, all season long, consistent, no bad games from him. Uh, and you know, you knew the volume was there. He was by far the best wide receiver. Um, I read a crazy stat. It was like the number one, it was Cooper Cup, the number one receiver, was closer in points to I believe the number nine receiver than the than the nine receiver was to like the thirty eighth receiver that and that shows you how far apart he was uh, in the wide receiver category. I really didn't want to give it to a wide receiver to be honest because you know you can find a lot of high quality ones, but not like Cooper Cup. He had a record breaking year, uh, not only in fantasy but really overall. He is uh, maybe on his way to you know close to two thousand yards. I don't know if it's going to happen, but it is definitely uh, in the mix. Uh, then the second guy, of course, was Jonathan Taylor. I drafted him in most of my leagues. Uh, I did not expect this, though, from Taylor either. I mean, he was being drafted, you know, probably second round. Uh, you know, yeah, somewhere in the second round in your league, maybe even third. Um, but he, man, he was awesome. And I really, I wanted to give it to Taylor because... You know, he was good all year round. Yeah, he had like a 53-point game, too, I remember. Um, and he was a running back, which really mattered this year because so many got hurt. We saw Camaro go down, Cook go down, Henry, McCaffrey, Barkley, you, na- you name it. I mean, and this guy stayed healthy all year. He had a great O-line, uh, great offense, surprisingly, uh, around him as well. And Jonathan Taylor just consistent all year round. I gave the slight edge to Cup just because... I felt like he was a little bit better, especially in the playoffs. Uh, Taylor did have a 10.8 game, 10.8 PPR point per game, uh, or 10.8 uh, point game. I believe it was uh, week 16, uh, which really kind of hurt it, you know, because if you had Taylor, you're expecting, you know, a lot playoff time. 
really didn't deliver, but still had a great season uh, all year round. So he was my runner-up for MVP. It was a very, very close race, but Cooper Cup is your fantasy football MVP for 2021. Never thought I'd be saying that, but here I am. Uh, and now we wrap it up with our final two awards. Player I was wrong on was definitely, without a doubt, Mike Davis. Um, he wasn't, you know, extremely disappointing, but I, I hyped him up. I thought he would be, you know, the Cordero Patterson guy, the lead back for the Falcons. Every door was open. Here was my thought process beginning of the season because Atlanta got their new head coach, Arthur Smith, right, who was, you know, Derrick Henry's uh, guy. He was the offensive coordinator in Tennessee. He liked, you know, he was the tight end coach there in the beginning, uh, working with, you know, Kyle Pitts, his new tight end, uh, you know, getting him into blocking. Really, you know, he was a run-heavy uh, scheme guy who really elevated Ryan Tannehill. I thought he would do the same with Matt Ryan. And even though this wasn't the best offense, I thought he would be really focused on running the ball. We saw Mike Davis uh, be great in replacement of Christian McCaffrey last year. I thought he could sustain, sustain that in Atlanta. It really just did not happen. Mike Davis did not deliver. I watched him a few games. I mean, he didn't start. He started off the season actually pretty solid, you know, consistently like, you know, a solid like 12, 13 points per game, which isn't terrible. He could be a viable flex play, but it was not what I was envisioning with him. And then as the season uh, went along, we really saw Patterson take a step up. You know, the point for me where it was really his lowest, uh, you know, mark of the season was when they played the Patriots. in Atlanta, and we really we saw Quadri Olison out carry him. And, you know that was when Patterson was out. We thought Davis would step into a bigger role. Uh, you know, exceed expectations. Nope, it did not happen. He did not deliver, and he really just was kind of their power back. You know, goal line back. He got some nice red zone touches. He get a few receptions a game, maybe if he was lucky. But uh, not what I was envisioning him. Definitely wrong on Mike Davis. Sorry for that one, guys. I will not I will not have a miss like that uh, next year, hopefully. But Mike Davis really just let me down across the board. Uh, the player I was right on was Amon Ross St. Brown, and I really was starting to doubt this beginning of the season. It really didn't look like Detroit would throw the ball at all. Uh, it didn't look like there was a clear wide receiver one. They all just kind of blended in. Goff would throw it to whoever opened. Didn't have a dependable target. Well, that all changed the second half of the season Amon Ross St. Brown, you can see him get more comfortable in this offense. I thought he would be the wide receiver one. Uh, I really liked him in college. I think he was, and I really like the move they made to move him into the backfield too, because he's such a, you know, he's such a versatile player. Uh, And as the season went along, he really produced, especially, you know, we saw it. I gave him the playoff MVP award. Uh, and I, I really hit on that, I, and I like to take pride on that because he was a very, very deep sleeper, went undrafted in nearly every single league that I knew. And, you know, to be honest, I, I dropped him in a few leagues halfway through the season, you know, because he wasn't producing. I, I, I hung on to him in most, but I did, you know, drop him in one or two. Uh, I just didn't, you know, see the production there. But I, my, you know, my thoughts before the season really uh, transitioned into reality especially later on uh, as Jared Goff, you know, he really just depended on him. And Tim Boyle did last week. Lions used him more. I think the sky's the limit for him next year too, because I think that offense will be better. They got some better draft picks, uh, you know, and he's, he's only getting more experience from now. 
this season. I think they're going to find different ways to use him and maybe even a new quarterback in the mix. Who knows for the Lions, but I love seeing Amon Ross St. Brown succeed. Uh, if you guys listened to me before the season, hopefully you had him in your lineups late uh, and got him uh, to produce for you in the playoffs and hopefully win your leagues because that is what he ended up doing uh, in the final few weeks of the season. So it was a quick episode, actually, well, 25 minutes now. It felt quick, though, to me. Um, hopefully it does to you guys listening to it. just want to thank you for listening. I know uh, I have not been consistent with my podcast post, but I will be, especially come playoff time where it matters most. Uh, so stay tuned for more episodes coming up. Thanks for listening, you guys, and I'll see you next week. Peace.